Hello and welcome to Vitamins for Breakfast, the podcast that aims to feed your soul and create connection through conversation. This is episode one of Diversity Beyond Borders with Sylvia. Sylvia is an actress and dancer who was born in Peru, but left home at the age of 20 in hopes to find a more rewarding life in America. On today's episode, Sylvia shares what it was like growing up in Peru, her experience with discrimination, along with her journey to America. Let's get started. So Sylvia, you were born in Peru. Tell me about how that was. You know, you were born in nature. Like, like that alone is like, geez, like I envy that. I wish I had a little bit of that growing up. But tell me about what that was like for you growing up in Peru. So uh, first, I want to say thank you so much, Shayla, for giving, as you know, a path for us you know, to speak and to have our voice uh, heard. And at the same time, uh, well, my name is Sylvia. My pronouns are her, she, her. Um, I am a Peruvian woman. Yes, Machu Picchu. I know what you're thinking. I was actually born and raised in a very, very small city in the south of Peru, which is called Tacna. Uh, you can cross the city in 30 minutes. It's in the middle of the desert, next to Chile. It's a very particular city because um, this city was taken away from Chile. Like Chile took it away for 50 years from Peru and then we found our way to go back to Peru. So it's a very patriotic city. And uh, most of us, we come we are also descendants from people who migrated from the Andes. So even though I was born and raised in Tacna, my family are from the mountains, which is like in Cusco and also Puno, which is basically the Andes when you find where indigenous people is from, right? Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things going on, you know, like uh, for a long time, I, I identify myself as Mestiza and I was like, oh, I'm from Tacna, you know, but now like I am indigenous, you know? Yes, yes. No, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that so many things are happening now that you're realizing, wait, hold on. Like I, I'm a lot more rooted than I have been even made to believe. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they categorize you as, as right here. But if you really look into it, you're like, wait, it's a lot more deeper than that. What was it like growing up in that small little desert, like town, you would say? So, you know, it's like everybody knows where your family comes from. Everybody knows like the scandals of everyone. <laughs> but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, it's so crazy because I, as I said, it's in the middle of desert. So I live in the middle of the mountains, of sand mountains. And, and for me, there was something normal. I never realized it was something different until I went back a couple of years ago with my boyfriend. He was just taking pictures of the sand mountains. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, that is so cool. And I was like, really? I'm so happy you said that because um, for a long time, I've been having this conversation of the third world country, how they like to call anywhere outside of here, like a third world country because it's not quote unquote as progressive or westernized as it is here. But the amount of gems that of like original, like if we're talking about original origins that are actually located in these places that you consider third world or to not be as advanced, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And actually they are advanced in a different way. 
like they know more about the Pachamama, you know, about the tierra, they know how to treat it, the, the forest, you know, they know, they know how to take care of it. And that's something that maybe in the Western, you know, Western people, they don't understand. And doesn't necessarily mean they are less advanced or more advanced. They are in a different way. Yes, yes, yes. Because even now that you mentioned that, I think this time right now with the pandemic has taught people the value in being ad like advanced in the way that they don't consider it to be advanced. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing how to grow plants right now and knowing how to take care of the soil is very important, especially not knowing if you'll be able to go to the store to buy your crops. Like everyone's like, I need some plants. I need to put some potatoes by my window because I don't know what's going to happen. Now everyone's kind of looking at these people like, wow, they can actually fend for themselves in a circumstance yeah, like this when we, we can't. We're so dependent on the grocery store. You know, we're so dependent on all these things with these, you know, people like this know how to fend for themselves without just, they just have a connection with what I consider like source, you know, like with the original you know, experience. I feel like they have that connection. And instead of us thinking like, oh, they're not as advanced, we should have been more either at least respecting it or, you know, collaborating instead of trying to be like, oh, like we're going to take over this or we're going to put you below us. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm happy that you mentioned that as well, because it is important to, to talk, to shed light on that perspective that when you went back there, you know, this was normal to you. This is home. And to everyone else who has a different perspective, it's like, yo, this is different. You know, this is so, and I'm happy that your boyfriend at least was appreciative versus we have people who think that like, oh, this is just like a place to come and get a nice photo op and then like leave. Like there's so much depth to these places. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't be my boyfriend if he wouldn't. That's right. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep, yep, that's right. No, for real, because that's another thing, too. That's another aspect with being here and dating someone here. You have to make sure they understand the dimensions and the, the depth to who you are. You know, of course, you're a beautiful girl, but there's so much more that you have to offer that is very important to you, too. And to me, it sounds like family um, was very important to you as well while you were in Peru. And of course, because there's so much a community, not even just your blood family, just your, your neighbors, everyone in the area, you know, you guys were very close. So what was that experience like when you then came here? What was that transition like for you? So um, definitely in South America, we, for, for us, family means everything. And we are very attached to our family. We do actually live with our parents until we get married. So until we are working, you could be 20, 30s. Your mom is going to keep doing your lunch for you to take to your job. You know, that's how they are. That's how they show their love through food. Um, so I moved out actually from my city when I was uh, 16, going 17 to go to school for uh, to college. And I moved uh, maybe five hours away from it. And it was a big jump in my life. I remember I will cry every Sunday because I will miss my mom making me a little, you know, fried egg with my bread, you know. But uh, I remember I have a, a good cousin and I, I was always talking with him and he told me, remember why you moved to another city to study. Remember what is the goal. And I understand what you're going through, but you have to remember what is the goal. So I was like, okay, at some point I was like about to go back to my city. But then I was like, no, I came here to have a college degree. I'm going to do it. Um, 
So then I started to become very independent. Uh, my family at the beginning, I will go like maybe twice a month to visit to visit them, but then it will be. I will go maybe um, three times a year. Everything and then and then I have uh, I saw that different friends they will have this work and travel program. They will take this program, which allows you to come to the United States and work in your you know um, time off in college. So like what do you call it here like spring, spring like a spring break or yeah like a spring break we have a summer break uh so we'll we will come here and work and the united states will give us like a, a social a work permission so i saw many friends doing it and i was like i want to do it and i knew my mom would allow me so what i did was just save a lot of money from whatever my mom gave me so I saved everything. I told mom, I already paid for a program. And, you know, I was learning English thanks to MTV, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I learned the basic English I have. Uh, I, I was such a big fan of MTV and v So that's how I learned so many music in English. And I remember everything in Spanish and in English and just sing. I will sing everything from System of a Down to Britney Spears to Green Day, everything. And I loved it. So I was able to get a job and I was kind of upset because I wanted to go to the mountains here and be in a resort uh, where I will ski because I've never seen um, snow. snow in my life. But then they told me, no, we actually got you a job in New York. And I was so upset. And my friend, she was like a huge fan of Sex and the City. So she was like, yeah, New York, here we go. And I was like, no, I just wanted to be in a mountain. With No, that's all I wanted. So I came to New York and I still remember the first time I got here and just being in Manhattan and looking at the buildings. And I literally felt I was in the middle of a movie. I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. So I got my first job ever. My English wasn't good as I thought, because you know, you can, I mean, if you know the lyrics of Baby One More Time, you can know <laughs> far away, you know? So my, my boss would tell me like, hey, can you sweep the floor? And I was like, sweep. sweep. She's like, I never heard this in a song. <laughs> yeah, not in any song. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I got so shocked by seeing so many people from all around the country, I mean the world, I fell in love with diversity. And for the first time, I thought that, wow, maybe maybe I'm cute, maybe I'm beautiful. Because, really? Yes, because I, I grew up in a country when the lighter you are, the more beautiful you are. And I don't have big eyes. I have huge cheekbones. I don't have a small face. My lips are small, you know? So for the first time I saw so much diversity here and so many beautiful people from all shapes, all colors. And I said, wow. And then like, you know, guys started to hear me and I was like, really hitting on me what should I do like I have no idea this is too much gosh she was shocked <laughs> I was shocked they found me beautiful I did oh my god 
I never even thought about that perspective because where you're from, especially, I feel like it might be redundant, let's say. Like there might be many who look like you, therefore you don't stand out as much. But here when, you know, someone else might see you and say, oh, she looks kind of exotic or she looks a little different. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially here in New York. I think that's why I love being here in New York City specifically is that it's embraced here. No matter where you go, you're going to see a little bit of something everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And everyone is kind of inclusive in that way. But I never thought about what that experience was like in that perspective. So I'm so surprised because I never thought about that, where it's like, how does a woman feel just in reference to appearance, especially like you're saying that there is a level of colorism also happening in Peru. And it's something, a big thing that I noticed in Mexican media as well, because that's the most things you see, like Univision, you see like the novelas, the telenovelas, and you see people who are lighter complexion are usually the ones who are living in the mansion. And the ones who are the cleaners are usually people who are darker complexion. Wow. And you realize like, wow, there's colorism across the globe. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting that you're mentioning that as well, that even that was something you were experiencing there where you weren't necessarily the most beautiful thing because you weren't even as a light, you know, you didn't have the features of someone who was, you know, more closer to the European-esque look. Yes. Another thing I wanted to add was um, food. You know how cheap it is to get an avocado in Peru? You get it for 30 cents. Yeah, here. Woo! An avocado here? Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember I will eat a lot of fried chicken, a lot of pizza every day. And I love that because in Peru, it's actually a lot more expensive. If you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, it's a luxury. You pay a lot of money to get a fried chicken. So in here, I was so happy that it was so cheap that I could go to McDonald's with a dollar, two dollars and get a, a cheeseburger, you know. So I, I started to appreciate, you know, um, my veggies from Peru. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I could imagine because it's funny that you mentioned that because I see two things here. I noticed that like, yes, like getting a fried chicken there um, is cheaper versus here. But when we're talking now about quality of food, you know, I've always seen like, I remember one of my friends went to Ecuador and she bought like a whole bunch of like, like a whole plate and it cost her like $8 here. We're talking about a full plate, $8 with American dollars. And here, you know, you are going to pay $30, $40 for a whole meal like that. But we're talking about getting a legit cooked meal versus yeah. like a fast food joint. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's crazy. The food is also in a way a culture shock for, for both perspectives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I was so shocked about that change. It really blew my mind when I came to New York, opened my mind so much. I, I got that feeling in here that whatever you dream of, you could work for it and you could make it happen. So I finished my three months here. I went back to Peru, but with a different mindset. I also met a lot of friends from all around uh, South America. So in here, we were like people from Chile, Brazil. We were from uh, Argentina, Colombia, and I met such awesome friends. So. I decided one day I wanted to visit them. So I just took my, my, my luggage and I took a bus and I traveled to Santiago de Chile. <laughs> and what? I traveled to Chile to meet my friends. Yeah, so that was uh, one of the biggest things I did right after I went back. I became more independent than ever. Like you became like a little less afraid to see yes. what's beyond. Yes, I will feel uh, a lot less 
before uh, and then after I came here and I started to appreciate who I was like I became more confident not confident enough <laughs> but still a little more confident so when I went back to Peru you know um, I had a different mindset but I knew that my biggest dream it will be to live and to move to New York City so I finished college I started to work as an accountant. I was working in a, in a mine, which is a huge deal in Peru. It's like the best place you can work on because you work for um, American people, you know? And, and if you know English, that's even better. So I was working there, making a lot of money, living in my own apartment, but I was miserable. I, you know, every person it's different. There are some people who really enjoys and loves working from nine to five, and that is awesome for them. I am not one of those people. Me either. <laughs> I'm here with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand this is not for me. I wasn't happy. So I remember one day, I also, I was in a bad relationship with this guy and he will bring the worse of me so one day I was like you know what I want to go back to New York because that was the best moments in my life uh, just for three months and let's see what happens I just want to live there one more time before I come back to Peru and settle in a job and die in that job because that's how, <laughs> that's how it is <laughs> you finish college you go to a job and mm -hmm. you stick to the job and you die in that job no matter where you go it sounds like this is just across the board whether it's in Peru or it's in America well, no matter where it is you come here you work you slave at that job for 65 years until they finally let you retire and you get a little bit of money to try to survive it's, it's ridiculous exactly. so you come here for three months here. yeah my family they were so mad and upset me because i left my previous job uh i was leaving my accounting career you know and i was telling them that it's just gonna be three months you never know what's gonna happen and i came back here and I realized, you know what, I want to stay longer. So I came here for three months. I also met my boyfriend and then I went back to Peru and they were like so happy to see me back. And I was like, yeah, I'm actually moving to New York. <laughs> they were like, what? I just came to pick up my stuff for two weeks. So thank you, mom. Thank you, my family. I love you so much all. I went to my to the other city where I was living, which is five hours away from Tacna, from my hometown. I moved all my apartment to my hometown. And then I was ready to say, okay, let's see what happens. You know, I have six months more, you know, for my visa, and then I'll figure out, I'll, I'll have six months to figure out how to stay there legally, you know. Um, that's enough time for me. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, the worst that it could happen is that I come back, I start over, or maybe I can travel somewhere else and work in an NGO, you know, travel, do some um, some service. So that's was that, that was my idea. So I came back here for six months and then I was able to find, you know, a way to stay. So there were anymore they were like okay you're crazy <laughs> she's fearless she's very fearless you know you know one thing that I realized about people who are immigrants is that you guys don't believe that there is 
no way there is a way because if there's not a way i will make a way and that is something that people who are american born don't have that sense of drive and yet we kind of i won't i'm not included but i'm saying that people then tend to be upset that immigrants are taking their jobs but the thing is that immigrants are willing to do anything they have to to ensure their lives and i don't think that people have that drive here because i even when i look at my parents they came here with nothing and built something you know what i'm yeah. saying and you have people who have opportunities here and don't manage to make anything out of it so i just think the amount of drive that you guys have because of the perspective that you guys hold is admirable i think that we should be admiring and learning from the immigrant community instead of trying to put such a negative perspective and taint you know kind of what the immigrant experience is you know you guys don't you're not there saying how am i going to ruin america i need to come there and ruin it like no you're trying to create an opportunity for yourself whatever that might be whatever the perspective is as to why you want to come you come here to add something to the collective you guys don't take away you know what i'm saying so it's just like it's so crazy to me that this is the narrative that's being spun you know that oh they're they're taking our jobs and do you see the type of jobs that these people work though like you wouldn't even want to do half the jobs that immigrants do like so why are you so pressed they the difference is that you know there's a hunger there there's a, you guys are serious about what you're doing and here you are you know you were your hunger was so real that you even told your family like i'm out i have to do what's right for me and you know you chased it and look you were able to make a way that you are now here you know legally and and you're creating your life here and that's just crazy to me. It, it's something to respect, you know what I'm saying? That to be like, oh, like someone else who's ruining the the collective. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Um like when I came here, I felt um I just needed to escape from where mm -hmm. I was. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's some people who are like raped they live in poverty they really yeah. need to speak right mm -hmm. in my case it was the fact that I, I felt like Frida Kahlo when I was there wow <laughs> because um I feel like I never fit there like first there's a lot of racism that people so normalize that people don't realize and I have to say I was also one of them I it is so normalized that for me it, it was normal you know, I couldn't go out to the streets and walk and, and get a tank. No, I was just trying myself to cover, you know, I, I will cover myself or like, uh... so it was so normal. And then when I came here, I realized, wow, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So I went back and I just couldn't live there anymore in the middle of society. And uh, people also didn't like me too much. I mean, there were people who really liked, loved me, but there were people who didn't like me because I was never a follower. Like there were some, there were some people like, oh, you know, I'm going to the bathroom. You want to come with me? Let's go. And then everyone will be, yeah, let's go together. I was like, I don't want to go to the bathroom. Like, why will I go? You know, for things as simple as that, for the smallest thing. So that uh at some point like i felt alone and i felt like people didn't really understand you know what i was going through also i never felt enough 
you know, because I was indigenous and my la one of my last names, it's a very indigenous uh, last name in Peru. Uh, some people even change their last name because you receive a different tra uh, treatment. Um, really? Yes. So the more indigenous it sounds, which if you tell me that, I'm like, girl, mm -hmm. that is a blessing. But to mm -hmm. someone else, they're like, wait, that means you're way too close to the origins that don't have a good, you know, standing or, you know, we're not trying to be associated with that. That's crazy. You're, you're, you're Indio, you're Cholo, <clears throat> you know, you're not educated, your family pro probably speaks Quechua, which is our native language. So I just couldn't handle that anymore. Also, there's a lot of classism um, that I hated too. <laughs> like people will, will be, there will be some groups, you know. I only talk with him because he has a nice last name and we went to the same super expensive school. Uh, someone will come, like I, was, I felt always like the outsider. You know, and even though I was respected because I had a good job and I wasn't stupid, you know, I was just, I was smart, you know, I I was just tired, you know, being by myself. And uh, I remember that guy and everything together. I cried so much that day for a whole night. Um, the very next day, I say I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to New York, and I book my and I book my tickets. I, and I'm so blessed. I uh, I was able to get a visa. Uh, previously, when I was in college, I was able to come to the. I don't know if you heard about the UN models. No. Yeah, there's a lot of programs. Uh, Harvard does one every year. Okay. So I was able to come here uh, for two years in a row in a delegation. So that's why I got my visa, you know, that's a privilege. It's so hard to get a visa. It is really, really hard. My, my sister, she is a nurse. She has like three houses. She went to the, consul, um, to the consulado and they didn't give her a, a visa. So I was very, very lucky to get a visa. Um, there's many people who cannot say that. Um, so I feel very blessed and it's a privilege. Right. You recognize that, you know, you're lucky in your circumstance because not everyone gets the opportunity. But at the same time, you're aware that, you know, you wanted to come here because you felt so misunderstood where you were. And it wasn't because you were, you know, thinking that you're better than anyone. You worked hard for everything you had, but you didn't align with what is there you know what I'm saying like kind of like even today a lot of people don't align with the narratives that are being sold today about you know society people are like I don't identify with that I don't believe in that you know I don't believe that I'm better than someone for this reason and I don't I don't believe that I'm less than because of this reason you know what I'm saying like I feel like there's a group of people you included, although you were in Peru, who kind of had that sense of awareness where you didn't want to follow the structure in a way. Like yeah. all these places have a structure and tell you that you're supposed to live your life this way, cover yourself from the sun, don't get too dark, you know, get a good job, um, you know, return back to your family and give back to your family. Um, and that's all good and well, but I think even myself included, I've always kind of felt like an outsider in my own respect for my own experience, just because I don't necessarily identify with the way society is structured. And even when we just simply talk about a nine to five, like 
the world is telling you work a nine to five that is the structure but if your spirit and your soul is telling you otherwise it's hard to have that that conflict you know what i'm saying and just be okay with it and i think that's why you got to that point where you were crying so much because there's such a tug and pull between this reality and what this reality is telling you you're supposed to be doing by everyone you know we're talking about the media your family the, the society everyone's telling you live your life this way but you don't feel that you know you want more but you don't know what that is or if it's guaranteed or if it'll go well for you but you took that chance because atop it off you had so many signs pointing you in that direction especially because you had so much blessings you know getting that opportunity to go to that school to get the visa to study to work here and do all of that you know you had so many signs saying this is for you and it just took you having to unfortunately turn your back on what you knew but you really weren't turning your back you were honoring who you are outside of you know what the world yeah. tells you you are you know what i'm saying so yeah. that to me is like it, it's it's big because we experience this on a universal level no matter where you are where you feel you have to walk away from what you're told is the norm and i do feel like it's happening today a lot with this conversation of you know racism and just everything that we knew to be normalized because even myself growing up in a Dominican household in a Latino household there were things that were also normalized here that were stories that are you know ingrained into our belief system that we just all think it to be true and there's a lot of just unlearning that's happening now so it's just interesting that you kind of felt that intuitively in your own way so gaining that perspective so like so long ago how has that kind of been reflecting now as you're seeing how things are happening here where now these conversations of race are becoming so prevalent now we're having issues where it's very obvious that select groups are being treated poorly compared to others yes uh i think like everything prefers me <laughs> to what we're going through now yeah yeah it's like when they tell you like something happens for a reason like i feel this is this is like that made me strong so i was able um, i'm able to go through this and you know there are black lives matter right mm -hmm. when i go out and protest there's this feeling i don't know what it is mm -hmm. that it makes me want to cry every time i i scream black lives matter and It is because even though I am not a black woman, mm -hmm. I am an indigenous woman and I mm -hmm. know what it what it is to be treated differently mm -hmm. for your skin color. Mm -hmm. And you know, there is so many things we need to unlearn. Like mm -hmm. for so long I thought I wasn't beautiful because that's what I saw in the media. That's, mm -hmm. That was also my experience with my friends. Mm -hmm. That was also what I heard. So why did I believe it? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they brainwashed me. Yeah, like, yeah. I think stereotypes are so dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, so dangerous. You cannot say because someone was like that and everyone of yes. their skin color is like that. Yes. You cannot yes. do that. That It's is dangerous. so dangerous so dangerous mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so dangerous and um this needs to end mm -hmm. and right now with our voice we can make a change but yeah you know black lives matter i don't i feel like it's a movement not only for black people it's for also 
people like me native yeah. american yes exactly and i think i think um what stood out to me and what you mentioned of like you're not necessarily a black woman but you can identify and to me the whole conversation of like black and what's not black is it's like such a big umbrella of what black can be i just think black in america is associated with african american um but you know if you know you go into a room someone might put you in the black category at this point like all these categories can be so subjective to somebody that that's why we can't have it in a concrete way like we're trying to ca- put these things as concrete things but there's so everything in life is so subjective so it's so hard to say like oh this is that you know what i'm saying so like when when you say that it's so interesting to me because you're you're having your own experience as a woman of color and another woman of color might look at you and say well i can't believe that she didn't think that she's beautiful cuz in my experience they tell me that she's more beautiful cuz or her hair is straight or you know what i'm saying so it's just very interesting that we don't talk about it enough that we all go through the same thing in a different way and at the end of the day nobody's better than nobody because i myself have been discriminated you know you've been discriminated where you were and you might come here and be treated better but doesn't mean you don't know discrimination and that what's happening now bothers you too because i exactly what you said i feel that way it's like a sense of like you want to cry and although i'm not african american I still feel that pain because at the end of the day what's happening here has happened many times before to just different populations and different um ethnicities but it's been happening over and over again where you have a group of people who come in and say I'm better than you I'm going to take away what you have and then I'm going to rewrite the story and say that this was a peaceful exchange although I killed off the you know all the indigenous people that were here changing the entire narrative hey let's have thanksgiving and act like this was a whole peaceful exchange when it wasn't even like that you know oppressing people of color across the board you know what i'm saying no matter where you go you have issues no matter where you go like i said mexico and the media you see it um in peru like you said you guys experience it as well it's just a sense of like if you're closer to the origins if you're closer to let's say african descent or indigenous descent then something is wrong with you and or that's bad and it's just so crazy to me that this is across the board it doesn't matter where you go we we all dealt with the same thing that's why it's like let's not talk about who's you know who's out there protesting it's about the fact that th- none of us are free unless everyone is free you know what yeah. i'm saying yes and like you said you know through your life experience it's helped you to prepare for right now and i couldn't agree more where things like this happen and you almost feel like it's divine intervention like this needed to happen you know it sucks that it's happening but it feels like this has to happen cuz how are we going to create a change yes mm-hmm. and the way to continue with this it's to keep having these conversations yes and to to have your voice and mm-hmm. and let the world know what you're thinking Yes. Mm. Please we are aware of what is going on. Yeah. You know, I go to Peru and I talk about colorism and they're like, "What?" No. Mm-hmm. But in here at least we can we can talk about it. We're like, "Yes, we need to change. We need to find yeah. a solution." Yes. There's something we can do. We are aware of it. And that's mm-hmm. the first step, you know, to create change. It yes. might not be in one year, it might not be in two years, but this is the beginning of something. Thank you so much for stopping by for some vitamins on today's episode. 
If you enjoyed it, please comment, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode, and share it with anyone you think can benefit from a little vitamins for breakfast. <laughs>